0: Welcome in to another edition of the Tapping the Keg Podcast episode 422. Charlie here. Mitch is here. We are ready for the NBA Finals. It starts tonight. Bucks, Suns, game one in the desert, as a lot will say. The Bucks in the desert for games one and two. We will get a tale of the tape here. We'll talk about the Bucks winning. Eastern Conference, mostly from Mitch's side of things, since I did a little bit of that on Monday. Then we'll talk about the Brewers Reds seven-game showdown, and if anything can be taken away from that, and if the Brewers will be in a fight or not for the division. But we'll start welcoming in our, our co-host, our good friend, Mitch Ross. What's happening, buddy?
1: Uh, back, back at it here. Uh, coming off the holiday weekend, um, went, the holiday weekend went pretty well. I think uh, everyone in Wisconsin is, uh, you know, locked into this Bucks team and, and ready to go. And everybody, hope everybody had a safe weekend and, and everything was, uh, everything came out all good. I got to see some fireworks on the
0: 4th. There you go. I know. haven't
1: done in a few years. And uh, certainly not last year. And, you know, here we are ready to rock and roll. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just uh, it's a great time to be a Wisconsin sports fan, which is why we are, we are back on the pot after we took a week off. Um, just schedules didn't really didn't really work out. It's been kind of a crazy, you know, two or three weeks for for both of us. Um, yeah. And uh, it's going to get probably even worse here now. The next um, because you know these are going to be obviously extremely high intensity games and high stress games that are starting at 8 p.m.
0: now. Yeah. For the most part.
1: And um, yeah, I
0: thought about you. I did think about you when I saw the schedule come out, and I was like, "Fuck, man!" Yeah, that's, that's yeah. that. But you get a game on your birthday. Sure do, sure do. Birthday coming up on Thursday, we
1: get game two. I was kind of thinking it'd be game one on Thursday. Um, that would have been kind of nice because it might have given Giannis an extra couple days. But uh, you know, and to kick off the series on my birthday wouldn't wouldn't be the worst. Um, but I'll take it either way, and uh, there's another big event coming up this weekend that we'll get into a bit later, probably. Yeah. But, uh,
0: yeah, sure. Uh, well, it's, just, it's uh, just gonna
1: be it's just gonna be a grind the next couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, I, you know, it's the worst probably summer that you could have for a wedding because you're like, oh, you got to stay fit, you got to be all right, and it's like, there's no way you can't be out at the bar on a regular basis with these these games. You know, it's kind of rules are out the door. Because that's what the finals are. You don't get to live this experience very often. And we haven't lived this right. in our lifetime. And it's so much different than a one shot with the Packers and one one evening and it's all or nothing. It is. Yeah. Could be two weeks of hell. And I like when I say hell, I don't mean like it's going to be awful to watch, but it's going to be just so tense. And it's going to be so just... On edge. I will say and I, I don't know. We'll see what the line looks like with because I think Giannis will play tomorrow or today. Um, uh, but I probably am not gonna bet on the Bucks, which will be the first time in a long time, just because they are terrible at game ones, and I am just you know what? If we lose, I'm I'm kind of mentally preparing for it, and if we win, I'll be through the fucking roof.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I would like to get one in Phoenix. I don't really care which one it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they do, they do say that game one is the easier one to steal. Yep. As as uh, the Suns have been off since Wednesday, they will have been off for a full, I think, six days. And I believe they wrapped that up Wednesday last week. And the Bucks, of course, having just played Saturday, get, I think, two full days off. Um, so you know, you, one would think that the Bucks would be, you know, a little sharper, a little more ready to go, having not been just sitting and watching the last five, six days, but that also pre- allows the Suns to rest up. The Bucks are typically in the position of being the ones who get to rest up, and, um, you know, they, they didn't really have that luxury against Atlanta, which could have been why, you know, game one went a little sideways uh, there against Atlanta, but Atlanta has been known to steal Game One this postseason in every series, and they did it. But it didn't matter in the end to the Bucks. And you know, but if you get one in Phoenix, I mean, that's huge. That yeah. is absolutely huge, and that's that's the goal. Just get one. Um, now the Bucks also have been down 0-2 coming back home, and in a series where they didn't have home court advantage, and they also pulled that series out. So seems like the team is you know in a spot where
0: they can. They've seen it all. This postseason. I mean, they really have. It's a really good point. I would argue they're they're more mentally tough than the Phoenix Suns. Like, I get Chris Paul is an alpha. Like, don't get me wrong, right? But if you talk about who's seen some shit through the last month and a half of basketball, it's been the Milwaukee Bucks. Sure, they were on easy street in round one. But then in round two, they were you know through probably the toughest series that any team has went through with the Brooklyn Nets and the grind that that series was and how you know all of us said and I still think this is going to be true when the chips are settled was the NBA Finals and was the toughest opponent that Milwaukee will face and then Atlanta while not that hard you still had a huge comeback in game 3 you had your star player goes down with an injury and you don't miss a beat. Like this team is mentally tough. Like I know we worried about if this team was kind of mental midgets years ago. I think we talked about that after the Miami exit last year, certainly talked about it after Toronto, but it seems like they are the more mentally tough team and just Phoenix. I mean, they haven't had that much adversity. They haven't really been faced with their backs up against the wall maybe that third the game three against the Lakers and then Anthony Davis goes down and, and then it's all they turn the corner and it's kind of sheets from there but if you really kind of think about it they haven't had that back against the wall moment yet they haven't been punched in the mouth like I think the Bucks have multiple times
1: yeah yeah I mean you know Phoenix is um, they have I mean, they've 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 had some tough wins. I mean, in, in this postseason. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I know that I know that this. I hate to bring this up, but I mean, who's gotten luckier between the Bucks and the Suns? I'm <laughs> probably the Suns. I mean, just with injuries, just in every series, I feel like yeah, yeah. the other team has been missing missing. You know, they didn't have to face Kawhi. Wait, right.
0: which... they didn't have to face Kawhi. Chris Paul didn't have to chase Jamal Murray around. Like, could you imagine Chris Paul chasing around Jamal Murray? I realized yeah. he was kind of a trick or treat guy this year, where you didn't know what you're getting from Jamal Murray. But if old ass Chris Paul would have had to chase around Jamal Murray for a series, that would have been a lot of wear and tear. And there's no way they get no way they sweep the Nuggets if Jamal Murray's on that team.
1: Yeah, and the Bucks, yeah, they got they got fortunate with injuries against Brooklyn, but Kevin Durant was still out there looking as good as he has maybe ever. Yes. Um, and they still had to deal with that shit. Yep. And that is no easy task. And um, while he didn't have the full, the full cast of characters, you know, again, Kevin Durant by himself could probably win it, could probably win a series against a couple of these playoff teams yep. uh, in the Eastern conference. So, you know, they had to deal with that. Whereas the Clippers did not have Kawhi, they had Paul George, who was playing well, he had, yep. a, he had a nice post, nice bounce back postseason, but then it's Paul George and Reggie Jackson. I mean, you know, you should win that series if you're mm-hmm. Phoenix and Phoenix. I mean, I, I don't, I really don't want to take anything away from them at all. I do not want to, I do not want to sound like, you know, some of these people you, 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 listen to on TV. I mean, Phoenix is, is a really good team. They have beaten the bucks both times this season um, each by one point And which is crazy. Um, I mean, you rarely, I feel like you rarely get, you know, one point regular season games in the NBA these days and for, for those, those games to be that evenly matched. Um, and that, and I, I did see that – I was reminded that the game in Milwaukee back in April between Phoenix and the Bucks, um, Giannis went down with that cramp. Do you remember that? Like right before yeah. the end of regulation, I think? Oh,
0: actually – well, now that you say it, I do. But, no, I was going to jump in when you were done and say, yeah, those two games have, like, big disclaimers on them because game one – they didn't have Drew Holiday because of COVID and oh, they yeah. had a huge lead and then they ran out of steam and it was kind of like they had just played in Denver two nights ago and not that you're making an excuse for them, but some of that altitude lag can kind of get to you and they just blew a lead late. Giannis was incredible in that game. Giannis was equally incredible in the second game. And I forgot about the cramp the thing that I was going to call was the awful call made uh on Devin Booker, yeah. the foul on Middleton that gave mm-hmm. the Suns the victory.
1: Yeah, there was that too. The the just the picky tack. I don't even I don't yeah. even know if he touched him. That no. was, a, was a three that was a two point or a three point. I forget, but it was right an there. awful
0: officiated game. I think the the woman who called that is not officiating in the in the playoffs, so we don't have to worry about that. Um, but it's it is interesting that these games have been so close. It means that we could be in for a great series. You could argue watching those two games, you felt like this could be a finals matchup. And if it was a finals matchup, sign me up. I think there are a lot of tweets probably out there. If you search Buck Suns, people like these games were great. And so I think people are going to be in for a real treat. I don't give a fuck about the ratings. I don't care. I, yeah, I, I hope they either. Bucks win 4-0 and we just don't and I don't even care. Whatever. Doesn't matter. And I don't know they won't win 4-0 because that life's not that easy. You gotta you gotta make it hard. But the fact yeah. of the matter is, is like anyone who's a basketball fan should enjoy this series. And if you aren't if you aren't gonna enjoy the series because you think it should be Durant versus LeBron, that's not how sports work. Sorry. I, just I mean, there are
1: there are just there are some really juicy storylines here that I yeah. think that people are, people are going to, going to realize it once they, once they, you know, basically get their head out of the fucking sand and, um, realize like, okay, you have Chris Paul, who is kind of the media darling.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, he is the guy that I think a lot of, a lot of your, uh, your writers and people like that and, and TV people, uh, nationally are, are rooting for whether they, you know, will say that or not. Um, that's the guy that they would like to see get, you know, maybe it's his year. It's his turn. Um, he's 16 years in, hasn't even been to the finals, finally gets to the finals and, uh, he's got his, his chance, but then there's the bucks who have come up short, you know, the last couple of years they've taken their fair of fucking shit from, from people and now they get their chance and it's obviously really hard to get to this point. And just to see the series unfold is going to be it's going to be interesting because as we talked about I mean these teams are pretty evenly matched I forgot all about Drew Holiday not being in that first game and um, you know then that second game we talked just as we talked that was kind of stolen by Phoenix and you know it's just going to be it's going to be a war I mean it is yeah. really going to be you know I, I think that yes basketball wise uh, you know putting the storylines aside there's other smaller smaller storylines besides the ones I just talked about there, but, I mean, basketball-wise, this is going to be a great series as well. I mean, Phoenix is – they're also well-coached. They're like the Hawks where it's like they are they are not going to beat themselves, whereas the Bucks, they beat themselves, you know, multiple times in a game, let alone, you know, in my opinion. But, yeah. you know, I, I think that it's a, an extremely accurate three. You see this a lot during games when people say – the only people who can beat the bucks are the bucks themselves and it's yeah. it's it's pretty true i mean you saw it, you saw it in game 6 uh, you know against atlanta yeah. where they came out and they did what everybody wanted they they kind of got out on a, on a pretty big lead on atlanta and you're thinking okay like let's just keep this going and we're good but then it's like the second quarter was just horrible and and, and they and they let them back in you know you, you kind of go away from what was working Start taking a lot of threes, turning the ball over like lazy, dumb passes and stuff like that. And like going for the home run passes, I'm sick of that. And, you know, Phoenix is just, is just, they're not going to beat themselves and, and they, they will probably take advantage there. They're like the Hawks, but they have more talent and it's just going to add, add to the stress level of me and you and, and, and thousands of bucks fans out there.
0: Absolutely. So if we do tail of the tape, do you want to start with the aunt? Giannis, or do you want to start with the point guard matchup? I'll let you choose. It's your birthday week, I'll give you that that right. Let's start with point guard
1: and just naturally work our way up, I guess.
0: Okay, we'll do we'll do point guard. We'll talk uh, Giannis, and then we'll go mids, and then we'll we'll finish up with the rest of them. So, you have the point guard matchup of Drew Holiday, Chris Paul, as you mentioned. Chris Paul, the John Elway, uh, Rick Buecher today said, oh. Chris Paul is already established his has already defined his legacy by making the finals. He it doesn't have to win, which is such a classic participation trophy bullshit thing of our generation, where it's like, you don't have to win. You're good now. Like you, you've, you've yep. got there where we check that box. God knowing God knowing if Giannis says this is his only finals where he's only in it like three times and doesn't win one. People will kill Giannis for that, but that's here and right there. Um, The Chris Paul holiday stuff is going to be huge because there'll be people who will say, well, the Bucks could have had Chris Paul. And I've been adamant on this show and I I, people who listen every day are like, Charlie, you've said this a bunch, but it's worth beating into the fucking ground. Giannis did not want Chris Paul. So no matter what people want to make that storyline, Giannis did not want to play with Chris Paul. He did not think Chris Paul was the guy, like Giannis wanted to be the alpha. He did not want someone to come in there and try to take over his team. This was Giannis's team, and he did not. He wanted Drew Holiday. He didn't want Chris Paul. So let's be clear on that. Secondly, I think this could be a massive series for Drew Holiday. I saw that Drew Holiday was, I think, eighteen to one to win the NBA Finals MVP, and I don't think that's out of the question because Chris Paul has not faced a point guard as good as Holiday throughout this postseason. Reggie Jackson ate his lunch, and Reggie Jackson's not good. He's going to get paid like he is, but he's not good. And I have the utmost confidence that this is going to be a massive series for Drew Holiday. And so that's my first big take of this uh, podcast.
1: Okay. Um, yeah, wow. You um, lay have a pretty good case there. I mean, it, it is going to be, I got to believe, the – uh, toughest defensive assignment um, that Chris Paul has seen, and one of the toughest ones that he's going to have to try to try to guard. I mean, it's it's um, you know he's gotten Reggie Jackson. Who did they play in Denver? Um, Monty
0: Morris. Monte Morris. Um, oh, who else was their point guard? Uh, Austin uh, uh, Rivers.
1: Um, Camp- who's coming?
0: Faku Facu Composo, yeah. Composo, yeah,
1: that, yeah,
0: that Argentine, and
1: then in the first round, it's, I mean, Dennis,
0: Dennis Schroder, I
1: guess, which is, which yeah. is not, you know, I mean, right. he's all right, but he's kind of not a very smart player. But I mean, that's that's for another podcast. But yeah, I mean, that, that, that's a good point. However, I mean, Chris Paul is um, one of the more savvy offensive players, I would say, of our lifetime. I mean, mm-hmm. he's, you know, a very you know He's good good in the mid-range. He'll knock down an occasional three. He doesn't take a ton of them. Um, he is a... I mean, is he under Mount Rushmore of floppers?
0: Yeah, he's like Lowry so, in that way. Um, yeah. He has a lot of Lowry in him. And that's going to be a huge thing for Holiday because Holiday could easily get two quick ones and then that completely changes what the Bucks want to do in a first quarter of a game. And I'm sure that'll happen. I, I guarantee you, there will be a game in this series where Holiday gets a couple quick fouls and he's in foul trouble the whole game and can't kind of establish himself.
1: Yeah. And that's happened in the, in the, that happened in the last series, I believe, where Drew had a couple quick ones on Trey Young. I mean, yeah. you know, and Trey Young is, you know, a, a capable offensive threat. I think it's a different threat than Chris Paul. Um, they just, they're just different styles. Paul's much more of a facilitator. Um, takes the shots when he's open and he finds himself open quite a bit. (laughs) Yeah. I I have a really hard, I really have a really hard time though. Saying that Drew Hall, Drew, Drew Holiday is better than, than Chris Paul. Uh, Um, Or or, or should I say giving, giving them like the head to head, head to head advantage on that position. I it's, it's like probably a literal toss up. I mean, Uh,
0: it could be, I just think the, the, when you get to this part of of the NBA season and you're at the end of the road, sometimes fatigue wears a lot harder. And I think Drew could wear him down by the end of this series. Um, One other thing to point out about Chris Paul that I didn't know, I read like the ringers preview. Do you know that Chris Paul has lost his last 11 playoff games when Scott Foster's refereeing? What's that? <laughs> he's lost, yeah. So he's lost. I know he's lost eleven straight games when Scott Foster has a whistle in his mouth and's refing Chris Paul in the wow. playoffs. He and Scott Foster do not get along, and I'm not a Scott Foster guy. Let me make that abundantly clear. He's definitely well, on my what, shit list. Of what referees, officials do, you,
1: do you like Charlie? None.
0: <sighs> See the best. The best officials. Officials are like offensive lineman, Mitch. If I don't know your name, I like you. That's that's pretty much it. Like, Zach Zarba, I know his name. I fucking hate his guts. Although, he was the ref <laughs> in game six. Wasn't that bad. I'll be honest. Like, you did a fine job. Right. Um, I didn't – there wasn't a ton to bitch about officiating wise in game six or really in game five. Tony Brothers, I hate his guts. Um, Billy Kennedy, not a huge fan, but I don't have a lot of, Billy, like, notable Billy Kennedy moments. Although I think he was with brothers in that game five against the Raptors. That was a complete joke. If I'm not mistaken. And then,
1: uh, yeah, Mark Davis.
0: Um, fuck Mark Davis forever. <laughs> Kane Fitzgerald. I he's, he's, he's a new guy. He's kind of into like, he's your Trevor Lawrence of officiatings where I don't know if I hate him yet. I just, again, if I know your name, it's not a good sign, man. Yeah. So yeah. That's, it's well, like offensive linemen. If I don't know your hand, you're probably pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, good point. So yeah, and some of
1: Just them a, are some of them are up and down. Good games yeah. a bad game. So.
0: Yeah, Tony Brothers actually against the Nets. I think he actually had a decently the he roughed game four, and I think it wasn't that bad. If I if I recall,
1: and if we're gonna talk about refs, I mean, I, I don't know which team. You know, neither team has a head coach that seems to work the refs a ton. No. Um, so I you know, I don't feel totally outmatched in that in that category. So Yeah, I will that's say nice.
0: I will say with Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Jay Crowder, they bitch way more than the Bucs do though. Where yeah. the refs could just be like, you know what? We've had it. Like, stop your bitching. Like we're we're gonna we're just gonna play this out, man. Like those three guys yeah. are probably, would you say top 25% of complainers in the NBA.
1: Well, and but but let's let's be honest. What's more realistic that they that they tee, start teeing people up, or they give into their bullshit? I mean, it's usually they give in. Yeah. They start they start calling the ticky tack flops and stuff like that. Which okay. there will be there will be some of that. Uh, oh yeah, serious. There will be quite a bit of it.
0: Well, I just don't want the refs to decide a game. I think that's really where I come down to. The last thing I want is there's two things I don't want. I don't want a serious injury where for either side, where people will be like, well, if so-and-so would have played, we would have won. Like, I don't want that. And I also don't want the officials to be a main storyline. Like, I hope this is the only time you and I are talking about officials. I hope that that's that's it. But we'll move on. Uh, So we have Giannis Antetokounmpo likely going to play tonight. I know it's not been reported from anyone I've talked to, from P.J. Tucker to the Stenny's Wings guy. Like, it seems like Giannis is going to be good to go for today. Um, and yeah. if, and we'll see what the minutes are like. Um, I doubt he'll play a full 40. I would imagine it's closer to 30 to 35. Well, I guess I'll start there with you. Do you think, what do you expect if Giannis does play tonight in game one?
1: Well, if he does play, I mean, that's certainly going to be uh, welcomed. I mean, I, I just, I don't want, even though Giannis is back, I hope that everyone else stays aggressive. Like, there's no reason that Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton and, and even Brooke to some extent can't be just as aggressive as they were without, without Giannis, you know, or with Giannis on the court. I just, I just, want, I just want that to be out there. Like, I, I just yeah. hate that. Like, Chuck Barkley after the game on Saturday, you know, I obviously stayed up. I watched, you know, pretty much as much content as I could. Um, from those guys. And, you know, he says, I hate to say it, but, you know, they really unleashed your holiday without Giannis. You know, he didn't, he didn't go all the way to say they're, they're better without Giannis, but, but it's like, you know, Drew, Drew can do that too. And like Middleton too. I mean, he, he's, he had 20, what, 23 points in the fourth quarter in game three with Giannis on the court. I mean, there's no reason why Giannis can't be, you know, a dominating force for, you know, the first 40 minutes of a game. And then, and then the last, you know, six or eight, Middleton kind of starts taking taking the ball, or Drew Holiday, whoever's whoever's kind of having that better game, in my opinion. That was an issue with Game One, I think, against Atlanta, where Middleton was probably the, the hotter hand, and they, or excuse me, Middleton Holiday was the hotter hand, but Middleton got kind of the plays drawn up for him down the stretch, and things didn't go so well. But with the honest, I mean, I expect, you know, the Bucks clearly have the the, the power forward matchup unlocked there. Um, I do worry that um, the other thing defensively with without Giannis was they they went away from the drop coverage on defense and they were just switching up top with Brooke holding his own on on the ball handler and I, I don't know why that that took so long to go to that too um, and I hope it wasn't because Giannis was out maybe they maybe they keep the drop coverage with Giannis so he can protect the rim better or, or protect the rim as well. So they have two guys protecting the rim, but uh, you know, that worked out beautifully switching. um, Once Giannis went out of the game or out of the, out of the lineup with injury. But I mean, if Giannis plays in game one, um, I do agree with you that maybe you watch some of the minutes for sure and see how it goes. I just, man, that would be so devastating to put him out there. And he's just, he gets hobbled, um, doesn't look like himself. Or you know, God forbid, you know the the unthinkable happens or something while he's while he's kind of laboring out there. Um, I just I'm not as confident as you about him playing game one. I know that it seemed like he was ready to play game seven if there was going to be one. So you're like, why would you know why would he not play game one? But man, if you could, if you could squeeze a couple more days of rest out, would be would be great. And they have looked pretty good without him. Um, but I mean, I would prefer him, you know, to be out there as long as he's healthy, but, and, and he yeah. knows he wants to.
0: The case the case against it is, simply put, to your point, he looks good without him. Can some of the things we did in game five and six against Atlanta, can we also do that to Phoenix without Giannis, and then we'll work him back in and see, and you almost gut check this Phoenix team without Giannis. It's almost like you're scouting them in a weird way, like you're getting that book on them without Giannis, which I, I kind of think is an interesting angle. I didn't really think of it that way. Um, I know Giannis is going to, you know, kind of make it, make it here or there. If the team doctors think he can play, he's gonna go. I think it's really interesting that Middleton's kind of told him like, don't, like, don't push this too hard. And now our resident doctor uh, said you know, look, he's, and he's a legit doctor folks said that, you know, it's not, he's not going to further damage anything. It's just going to hurt really bad. And if you're playing every other, this is the, one of the only times I'd have to look at the series. This is one of the few times where it's like a only one night off. So that might even be more of a case not to play because if you think about it, if he comes back on Thursday, he then gets two nights off before the game on Sunday two nights off before the game on Wednesday, two nights off before the game on Saturday, and then he'll have two nights off until game seven, which would be third, which would be the, the next time where there'd be only one day. So you've kind of convinced me uh, while I was adamant that I think he's going to play tonight. You've kind of convinced me that maybe it's better not to play him tonight, just given the rest factor and everything else. So I don't know. Yeah. But, If Giannis is fully healthy, he has an awesome matchup against DeAndre. He's absolutely owned DeAndre in the first two games. I know DeAndre is improving, but they couldn't have DeAndre out on the floor in game one against Giannis. Giannis had like 45 in that game. He absolutely embarrassed them. And this was the worry for Phoenix when they were facing a healthy Lakers team because they were like, they have no answer for Anthony Davis. They can't stop Anthony Davis. And how are they going to stop Anthony Davis and LeBron? That's why a lot of people were convinced the Lakers were going to win that series. And it didn't happen because AD goes down. And so what's to say that won't be the case with the Bucs and with the other size they have with Portis and Lopez. You look at the front line of Phoenix and it's Aiden, it's Jay Crowder, it's Cameron Johnson, it's Dario Saric, and maybe Torrey Craig, if we no. want to throw that in. That is a – that's probably the lightest front line the Bucs have faced this playoffs. Is that inaccurate to say? Um,
1: I mean, Brooklyn's not very good
0: inside. Yeah, but they have – I mean, Blake Griffin for – we hate him. He's a cocksucker. But he had – he was pretty good defensively. You're right. Brooklyn didn't have a lot of inside size either. So, yeah, it's probably right there with Brooklyn. So there is some of that, but I just think Aiton, as much as Aiton has been a renaissance for him in this playoffs, there is a real chance that people could forget about that really quickly if Giannis eats his lunch.
1: Yeah, but I mean, as you said, Giannis has had some tremendous games. I think he had a what his career high or matches career high against Phoenix yep. in the first game. Yeah, this year, something like that, like. 48 49
0: points yeah he had an unbelievable I mean that game was one of the like best Giannis games you'll ever watch in your life like that watch that game back it's incredible he absolutely dominated Phoenix in that game and he made I think like 18 free throws um, which is even more funny when you consider all the shit that he's endured with the uh, with all the free throw nonsense
1: yeah which I will admit has been kind of nice the last two games, not having to deal with that shit. Yeah. Watching watching grown ass men men and women chant like numbers like they're like they're in uh, like they're at a high school football game or something. Yeah,
0: yeah that line that line that night, forty seven points, fifteen to 23, 17 made free throws, eleven boards, five assists. He missed four three pointers. So you take those four three pointers out, he was fifteen and nineteen. His other game against his other game against Phoenix, uh, 33 points in 35 minutes, eight boards, two assists, 12 of 22. He made nine free throws against Phoenix as well. So maybe there are certain teams. Giannis is just better at shooting free throws, and Phoenix is one of them. I mean, that'd be incredible.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, if Giannis can suddenly become, you know, a modest three-point free throw shooter, or God forbid, a three-point shooter. If he became an average, you know, or or was closer to his average in this series, I think he struggled at times against Atlanta for whatever reason. Um, But he was good against Brooklyn for the most part, shooting free throws. Uh, Certainly, when it when it really mattered, he was against Brooklyn. But it kind of went, you know, the it ebbed more than it flowed against Atlanta. Um, So, you know, if we wouldn't have to worry about free throws, that would be, that would be tremendous from him and, and that's you know that's kind of what I say you know it's been nice not have to worry about you know your best player who is a very aggressive player gets fouled a lot you know you don't have to worry about him going four of nine from the free throw line or you know starting oh of eight and that you know or o of seven from the line and that the chants get louder and the broadcasters start pissing you off with letting us know how bad he's been at the line and you know, it, it it has been nice to not have to deal with that, um, but obviously, you'd rather have him out there for sure. But.
0: No, no question about it. But we'll we'll have to see, and we'll definitely talk about it tomorrow, on the daily tap, which, whichever way, whether we have a healthy Giannis or a hurt Giannis and he didn't play in this one. Moving to the shooting guard wing position, I guess the best way to call it. Chris Middleton, Devin Booker. So, is Devin Booker gonna? It's probably gonna be Mikael Bridges on Chris Middleton, right? Is that what we're thinking, or do we think Devin Booker is gonna try to try to pick up Middleton?
1: I would imagine it'll be Bridges, just because he's their, he's like their their wing defender. That's their guy. Um, I would absolutely see that. I think they probably try to hide Booker on Tucker. Yep. Um, and you know, well, we'll talk about Tucker in a minute, but um, he's going to be pretty critical. But um, yeah, I think it's bridges on Middleton. Middleton has emerged. I think um, his stock has risen in this postseason. Um, he's he's still doing the things where he, you know, even in game six, he was a ghost in the first half and, but he came out and certainly made up for it um, as he did a couple of times in that series. And, uh, you know, I'll take it. I mean, <laughs> you only need him to be good in in you know in stretches. I guess They're, the Bucks have enough talent to where they don't necessarily need Middleton to not miss a shot. Um, you, you just want him to keep being aggressive. And um, you know, Bridges is, is, is a capable defender. He's long. He's a like a long six six. Uh, Middleton runs about what six seven, six eight. I think is his six, media guide height. Yeah. And You know, I don't think Middleton will have it easy um, against Bridges. I was concerned in the um, Atlanta series with the Cam Reddish thing just because I almost tweeted, I think, during game six, I was going to tweet, I hope Nate McMillan doesn't follow me on Twitter because if I were him, I'd have have Cam Reddish on him all game just because, you know, Middleton tends to struggle with defensive pressure and, you know, I think Bridges can certainly, can certainly provide that. I guess in a vacuum, is Middleton the better player? Of course he is. Um, but Bridges is, is kind of an annoying guy to, to go against, much like a Jay Crowder. Um, they're just, they're just pesky defensive guys and absolutely do not miss a shot when they, when they get their opportunity. So um, get ready for that because there's going to be a lot of people in, uh, in the state of Wisconsin that have probably never heard of Michael Bridges. Um, And they're going to be like, who the fuck is this guy? And he's, you know, I like him. I don't know. That's all I I got to say. But, you know, again, Uh, Middleton is going to have his hands full.
0: I'll give you a zag here. Um, Paul George, who Chris Middleton gets often compared to for some reason, they just kind of get bucketed together. Paul George had some massive quarters, halves against the, against the Suns, where it seems like the Suns couldn't stop a wing defender to save their soul or wing offender to save their soul. Like what's the say Middleton can't do what Paul George was doing in that series. It's pretty clear yep. that he, I, I hear you, you lay out a great case, but I also do wonder for Mikhail bridges, like it's a big moment. Like this isn't, this isn't rookie league, Like, right? This is the fucking finals. And I know he played at Villanova. I know that he's been in big moments before, but this is this is a step up. And I, Middleton's different than Paul George in the sense that he's a little bit of a better shooter. He is a little more crafty, I think, than Paul George. He's not as physical in terms of body size. So I, I personally think – I hear what you're saying, but I – I think Middleton can have some big moments and I wouldn't be surprised oh. if he, he's not, not finding himself in those, those key, key situations.
1: Yeah. I mean, he definitely will make, you know, he's not going to get shut down, but I'm just saying it's going to be, you know, don't, don't sleep on, on bridges. I mean,
0: no, I'm he'll, not. he'll
1: have moments too. I'm sure where, you know, he's, his length is is frustrating Middleton um, and his just defensive intensity uh, you know, I think on the wing defense, I think they're, they're underrated. I mean, I don't think Booker is a great defensive player. Um, you know, not everybody is a, is a great defender, but if they can hide him, and I think they do with, with Bridges and Crowder's wing defense and Aiden's rim protection, I don't know how Aiden's not super athletic, I guess, um, but he's certainly capable. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, like you said before, I think Holiday is probably more likely to have, you know, to be the finals MVP. I wonder what Middleton's odds are. Probably a little better than Holiday, right?
0: Six to one.
1: Wow. Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: there, There's a lot of Mids love right now. Mids, this is kind of as yeah. much love as Mids has gotten in a long time. I think the fan base, win or lose, unless the, something goes really off the off the the rails for Middleton I think the fans have realized that Chris Middleton is a capable number two and yeah. un- understand what we've been saying for a year maybe a year plus that he's not sexy he's not gonna he's not gonna give you you know a sports center play every night but the guy is just so damn good and he can he can also kill close you and closing out teams is not an easy thing Guys don't get kind of born with that. That that comes with time, and when you have that on your roster, it's a really scary thing for the opposition.
1: Yeah, that has been a very welcome sight. Where Middleton is just at times in that Atlanta series, he he looked like Kevin Durant. I mean, yeah,
0: he he just just, was like in in spurts. He was just like, "Fuck this! Like I'm done. I'm done with you guys. Like we're we're done here. Like here we go." And it's great. And on the other side, you have Devin Booker. I Devin Booker is a, like a Trey young light. Um, he's not maybe as annoying as, as Trey young. I, I, I don't mind Devin mm-hmm. Booker, Ho- Hollywood girlfriend, dating Kendall Jenner. Um, he, he has had some moments in this playoffs, but I don't know. Has Devin Booker kind of, I wouldn't say flown under the radar, but there haven't been as many big Devin Booker games besides, you know, a few like the game one against the Clippers. Yeah. Then he went, came back down to earth. I think he had 13 and Pap Everly was harassing him throughout that entire game. So where, where do you sit with Booker? Does he make you nervous? Is it like, yeah, if he gets hot, or fucked. like, what, what are you, where are you at with Devin Booker?
1: Well, I think he's their biggest offensive threat. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, which I think is enough praise to give him. Uh, he's, you know, pretty much a knockdown shooter. He's probably the closest thing they have to like a, to like a Kobe Bryant. I mean, I, that's a, obviously a very uh, humble comparison, but I mean, where he's just, he can kind of score from every level and he's, you know, a tough guy to defend. He comes off screens. Well, he is, you know, shooting on the run is, is not really a problem for him. Um, he's just, but I think you stick PJ Tucker on him and, yep. you know, Tucker has shown an ability to slow down some of the best scorers in the league. And I, I kind of like the Bucks chances in that matchup, cause he's not going to be able to, to push Tucker around, like he might have been able to with, you know, Reggie Jackson who, who? I mean, I guess cause Beverly was guarding Chris Paul, right? Mostly that was sort of,
0: yeah, that they, was the thing. they the rotated and... Beverly. They rotated Beverly on, on, on uh, Booker, but yeah, it was mostly Beverly on, on Chris Paul.
1: So it would have been, had to have been Reggie Jackson mainly yeah. guarding Devin Booker. Yeah. Which is Who's I mean, pretty short. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't know what works against Phoenix if you want to if you want to go small or if you I, I mean I don't have that sort of information to go off of yet. I mean I, I would need to see a game yeah. first. Um, it was kind of like with Atlanta too. Like I don't, you know, yeah the Bucks on paper but are, are the better team, but I got to see sort of before I have get any ideas of what you know might work ultimately. But I got to believe that PJ Tucker on, on Booker. Is gonna be something that he hasn't really seen before. Um, certainly not in the postseason this year. No, I mean you, know? you look yeah. at
0: you look at who they faced again. This is similar, like the Lakers, they weren't putting LeBron on him, maybe Kuzma, KCP, Denver was was Will Barton back. I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. So so they had some random wing guard on him. Then you had an undersized Clippers team. So PJ Tucker is going to be tough, but the thing with Booker, similarly with Chris Paul, you got to stay out of foul trouble. Devin Booker has been going to the line seven times a game in the, in this postseason, shooting 91%. It's kind of to my theory of, I don't know how good Devin, how good Devin Booker has been this playoffs. He's only averaging, I'm getting a bad sun glare. He's only averaging 42, 42% from two pointers and 34% from three. So, like, it's not that impressive numbers-wise. And I know he's kind of a catalyst, but I'm just saying I think Devin Booker's beatable. I agree that they, if he gets hot, like, we're all fucked. But I think that that could go for any team that's playing the Suns. The, he has that ability yeah. to just sort of Clay Thompson you and beat well, you single-handedly.
1: And I don't know if it's going to happen in every game in a series with him. I mean, he's been somewhat up and down Yep. this postseason, no question about it. I mean, yeah, he's shooting, uh, yeah, 44% in the postseason, 34% from three. So, I mean, that's that's kind of like what Trey Young was.
0: Yeah, uh, I told think. you, little Trey Young-ish.
1: So, um, yeah, and definitely up and down. I look at the game log, only 15 in game three. Um, but he had the mask issue and all that.
0: Oh yeah, that's um, right. That was that was a factor then. for him, and that'll uh, you never know. Like, is that how will his nose be? We'll see. That'll be interesting. Um, yeah, as he only for, he
1: only had twenty twenty two, and he only had twenty two in the closeout game. He had what forty plus in the closeout game against the Lakers. Yeah, he that was when that he was just kind of was
0: glad. That was like he's beating everybody tonight. Um, yeah. At, as for the other players, I think you're still going to get a steady dose of Brooke Lopez, the Lopez holiday connections real, um, with the undersized Suns, I think you'll see Bobby Portis. Um, Bobby has elevated himself into the Niger Morgan, John Kuhn bucks, or, uh, Wisconsin legends hall of fame that are only legends to the state of Wisconsin. Um, everybody mm-hmm. loves Bobby. Um, yeah. and I think you'll you'll still see a lot of Pat Conton and I know Pat Conton drives some people crazy but all in all I think it's been a good playoffs for Pat he just needs to make sure he's getting lift on his threes and not rushing his threes that's my only like knock with Pat Conton is like I don't really care that you're out here just don't airball threes okay like just get him on the rim even if you don't make them, like get him to the rim because that drives me crazy
1: yeah yeah I mean he's
0: you know, he had 13 points
1: in game six. I know. Um, he, he had
0: eight think, rebounds, too.
1: I think he also had – he had a couple big shots in game seven against Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, if I remember correctly. He had, yeah, nine, he had three threes in that game back on uh, a couple weeks ago against Brooklyn. You know, yeah, I mean, he's, he's not going to score, but clearly he's, you know, a guy that coach trusts. And, um, yeah, he's not going to kill you. Pat Connaughton, I mean – there are times where, yes, just, just hit the rim on a three. Um, that's all we really ask um, at the very least. And, you know, you get a couple to go in. I mean, he can, you know, he can space the floor for you. And he's a guy that, you know, does tend to get switched on to big guys in the post, which drives people nuts. But I feel like he's been kind of holding his own there in the postseason. And it hasn't it hasn't burned him too bad, and it's it's probably not going to be an issue against Phoenix, just because of the lack of size. And um, yeah, I, Pat, Pat's certainly not going to kill you. Uh, it'd be nice to get something out of Bryn Forbes. Yeah, uh, who's been a ghost basically since Miami. And uh, you know, if he's not hitting threes, he's essentially useless. Um, and yes, I do agree about Bobby Portis. He is now, you know. He cemented himself in Game Five, I think, against Atlanta when he stepped in admirably for Giannis uh, in front of the home crowd, and he became, yeah, uh, almost almost an immortal uh, immortal Wisconsin sports figure. As, as crazy as that is, right? I mean, oh yeah. He's. I mean, fans have loved him all year. I mean, a lot of the a lot of the diehards that have that have been following the team since Game One of the season, you know, have have seen it. They, you know, he kind of knew he would be a nice fit for this team. He provides um, the toughness. Him and P.J. Tucker Tucker are two guys that, you know, they didn't have the last couple of years. Two guys, you know, just sort of their their makeup was not part of the team. You had nice guys coming off the bench and now you've got kind of hard asses out there. Basically, at any point in the game, you're going to have somebody who you're going to have to respect their their physicality and, and their toughness. And, you know, he's just been kind of what the team really was missing off the bench the last couple of years, and you know, now it's just been put on full display for everybody. So, so God bless him. And, and you're right. He should he should be he should be playing you know 15 minutes off the bench every game.
0: No no question about it. And as for the Suns intangibles, there's that man Jay Crowder, who killed the Bucks yeah. in against Miami. Jay has been decent this postseason. He had some He's had moments. He had 19 in the closeout game against the Clippers. Made five threes in that game. Uh, he's shooting 35% from three, um, 36 actually. Excuse me. But it's you. Are, you're going to worry about it. It's going to scare Bucks fans if you know Jay is on one night. It's going to be this terrifying thing every time he gets the ball in the corner, and there's no way it can. It'll ever go away unless he has like two or three straight games of just awful shooting.
1: Yeah. And yeah, he's going to be, I mean, he's, he's, he's that dog for Phoenix. I mean, he is, he is the kind of their PJ Tucker um, where, you know, he, he works the ref. He will hit an open shot every time. PJ Tucker doesn't hit him every time, but Crowder seems to, and you know, He's kind of like, um, I want to say that they go as he goes, but like he's one of those guys where like if he hits a couple threes right away in the game, I feel like it's sort of it kind of gets him gets him going a little bit. I mean, Phoenix is no stranger to a slow start. I feel like, um, and he's kind of a guy that I feel like in, in a couple of these games this postseason that they've played. Not that I've watched every minute of every game for Phoenix, but seems like he's he's kind of been a guy that you know, kind of, I don't know can set the tone for that oh, totally.
0: I mean you know, the he, he, over, he scares people what would you set the over under on skirmishes between Crowder and PJ Tucker in this series is it like two and a half is it three and a half like these guys uh, I mean they, yeah. I mean that to me is gonna be a fascinating in series storyline because those two are not gonna put up with each other's shit.
1: yeah yeah I mean that's I guess you'd like to see that matchup, but I don't think you're going to get the, those guys guarding each other.
0: No, no, but no. But it's like, going for a re- it's, like go- it's like going for a rebound and just barking at each other. Like, yeah. I just, I see, I can see it now. Like P.J. going nose to nose with Crowder. Game three, maybe. Game four, potentially. Maybe even game two. Um, just kind of add enough of him. The other guy to watch from an intangible standpoint for the Suns is Cam Johnson. First round pick a couple years ago, everybody lambasted the pick said, Oh, you drafted this guy way too high. He's averaging, he's averaging what in playoffs here. He's having a pretty good playoffs overall. He averaged 10.8 in that Clippers series and he's 45% from three. I was playing about 23 minutes in that Clippers series, six, eight guy. I wonder if he gets some look with some of the bigger bucks. Now he's, he's a beanpole. He's a tiny guy. So like even a Portis can kind of swallow him up. But I wouldn't be surprised if they use Cam Johnson as a, a guy off the bench to kind of make some three-point shots.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's that's what he's been doing. I mean, he's, he's a yeah. guy – him and Cameron Payne, who I hope you're going to bring up at some point, uh, yeah. are probably going to drive people nuts because yep. they are just – they're shooters. Uh, Cameron Payne is – you know, he, that dude took a lot of shit. He fell out of some rotations with other teams, but – I feel like it's one of those guys where, like when you watched him and he's actually playing, you, you didn't mind him and he seems to have put it all together uh, for Phoenix, but you know, yeah. Cameron Johnson, he's kind of a one trick pony. Cameron Johnson is Yeah. I feel like, he's just, you know, they get him open and he doesn't miss, but I don't know what else he can do. Um, he's probably not going to put the ball on the floor too much. And, you know, he's kind of a, kind of a one single threat type of guy. Um, yeah, but campaign you know, though he's, gonna, he's he's gonna drive enough.
0: Totally. But campaign, yeah. I, I do I go back to that point guard stuff we talked about at the beginning where it's like is maybe why campaign's been so good is because he really hasn't faced a good point guard yet defensively. Like I feel like Drew Holiday is gonna give him fits. Like I know they might not be in the court together at the same time, but I mean if Holiday gets put on him, I think he's gonna give him some problems. And I just I don't know. I'll be curious to see how many moments campaign has, but it's ironic. That campaign and Bobby Portis are two guys who've been on perpetual loser franchises. And now that they're playing with the, you know, playoff teams, they've kind of figured it out. So it'll be, I do imagine campaign's gonna have a moment. Let me ask you yeah. before I get the prediction, what would you rather happen? Lose because Jay Crowder makes like five threes or Tory Craig has like 25 and just a complete revenge game against the Bucks.
1: Uh probably rather cj crowder kill us me too i i don't i do not need tory craig hitting you know he's another he's another i forgot about him kind of too um but he's another guy that you know he can't shoot but all of a sudden he can sometimes and yep. it's uh it's kind of an adventure and you know i don't anticipate that but i could see it and that would be catastrophe very um,
0: bucks very bucks Old Bucks would have a game where Tory Craig plays a huge factor in a loss.
1: But and there are there are uh, you know there are social media posts and topics out there that Tory Craig gets a ring no matter what. I don't think he gets a ring with the Bucks. I don't want him to get a ring with the Bucks.
0: Yeah, I think it's he not does. that I
1: like really it's not that I really hate the guy on a personal level, but he fucking mailed it in here. And yeah, uh, I, I, don't, was, I that whole thing was weird. So
0: I think Tory Craig just didn't like Bud. I think Bud didn't like Torrey Craig, and I, I think Tory Craig didn't like didn't like Bud and I think Bud was like fine fuck you then and was like I'm done I don't need you we'll get somebody else either yeah. you fit in or you fit out and Tori Craig was a bad chemistry fit which happens so
1: I just can't yeah. believe we couldn't have pulled one of their bench players for him and just gave him gave him the Phoenix and just gave I him believed, there we couldn't.
0: I believe it was all because they were trying to move money to get PJ Tucker here so That's the Uh, other thing, which I can be, I'll be very snarky about if this does happen. I'll be like, look, you can be mad about this, but remember, we don't beat Brooklyn without P.J. Tucker. And that's, that's facts. Maybe we Mm -hmm. do because Chris Middleton's a very good defender, but Chris Middleton would have been ran ran ragged as if you listen to P.J. Tucker's press conferences talking about how hard it was to guard Durant. He's like, I'm not doing anything offensively. Like it's difficult as is. So whatever, we'll see. All right, prediction time, Mitch. Can you say it? Do you think the Bucs are going to win the NBA Finals?
1: Huh. Uh, I think they if, do. You
0: can't, if you can't say it because you just don't want to like jinx it and you, it's just too much for you to think about, just give me, I guess, what you would think would be best case scenario. And if you wanted to do worst case as well, for your little pessimistic heart, I'll let you do that too. <laughs>
1: uh, best case scenario is Bucks and six. Uh, clinch Clinch at home, front of the fans. Uh, I don't know how much of Milwaukee would be left standing if that happened. <laughs> um be
0: on a Tuesday night of all things. But yeah, we'd figure a way to uh, have a good good time.
1: Well, naturally it would be.
0: Bucks um, and five would be the would be the one where the city would burn to the ground because it's a Saturday night.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's going to go that easy. Uh, no. I'd say Bucks in six is, is is best case. I mean, worst case is probably Suns in like seven, um, which would suck. I, I don't see the Bucks really. I think, gun to my head, I think the Bucks win the series. Uh, I just, you know, a lot of it depends on Giannis's health um, and how they reacclimate him into the, the lineup and sort of the coaching strategy because I feel like enough changed without him that kind of, you know, something to monitor just because, you know, like I said, they, they kind of went away from the drop coverage without Giannis. I don't know if that's why or if Bud just has dawned on him like, yeah, we can't have the center dropping back underneath the basket and let Trey Young get 40 floaters. Um, but or with Trey Young out, maybe they decided to switch to switch everything. I don't really recall, to be honest with you. But, um, yeah, I, I think they get it done, which is which is freaking wild.
0: I do too. And Mitch, I'll I'll be honest. The more and I know I'm the optimist on this show. The more I talk about this series, and the more I kind of break it down, and I look at just the matchups and everything else. There's a there's an outside shot. They end this in five. I'm not saying they're going to, I think six is conservative. I'm just saying they, they just, there are some really good matchups here. And sometimes we see this in baseball. Sometimes we see this in basketball. People forget like who they've faced already to get here. And we said all year that we thought the East might be a little bit better than the West. And I, I wouldn't, they might show their teeth here. And the Suns kind of might have a little bit of a wake-up call. So don't rule out in five. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'll probably go conservative and say six. I'm just saying there's a chance. That's all I'll say.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you might you might be right there. I think that, that West is tends to be a little overrated. Um, if you just look at the standings, I mean <laughs> – with Dallas, all that great. I mean, yeah, they're, they're okay, but they had, they had problems. Portland, again, paper tiger, Clippers with Kawhi, different story, but you know, and then Denver was banged up and Utah kind of, I don't know, happened to them, whatever, but you know, everybody kind of expected to happen to them did happen. So, um, and the East is pretty tough. I mean, the Bucks have, 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 kind of gotten through a tough, you know, a tough gauntlet here. Um, And yeah, I don't know. Phoenix has too. I mean, I don't really want to, I hate to sort of say that we had, um, that they had more luck with injuries than we did, but they kind of did. And um, I don't know. I agree with you. Like, as we've kind of talked it out, it's like, you know, I'm not sure the Suns have seen, have seen these type of problems. And um, like I said, I, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's going to happen.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. I, uh, I, I can't wait, man. I'm so excited. Anyway, this happens. It's been a hell of a run. Brat house boys have been strong. Nine and zero. we missed you on Saturday. Tim missed you on Saturday. Um, <laughs> we were going to blame you and Murph if we lost. Um, that was our, our standing agreement. Morgan got to experience I will say she wasn't as big a fan but I appreciated her riding it out with me she didn't really want me to celebrate after which was tough but she was dog tired so I I just appreciated the sentiment and just went to consume all the content out outside my house listening to fireworks drinking a bourbon that was that was good enough for me so I Can't wait! Excited. I know we're gonna talk a little bit about the Brewers, who are I kind of waiting for Bucks fans after we're done. Like that's like I think ultra exciting about this whole thing is like once we get done, like who the fuck needs the Packers? You can clip this. Like who who needs the fucking Packers? Because we'll go right (laughs) into an awesome Brewer season whenever the Bucks are done. Yeah. No, that's
1: that's a sneaky sneaky good point that like we. Get to roll right into roll right into another team that's that's doing really well and um
0: and has has a shot at this fucking thing which is which is kind of wild and like they're just they've been taking care of business. Training camp starts in 22 days and I like it does I don't like I and I know like this is like a you're like wow you're just projecting because Aaron Rodgers is in here it's like oh yeah I am it's exactly what I'm doing because guess what it doesn't matter it's fine yeah
1: like i nobody's happier nobody's happier than this finals run for the bucks or about it than the green bay packers
0: oh 100 right? 100 and they're like brewers keep winning just we'll let us hang in the weeds like let us just once we get rogers back we're good but then that's that's that um but yeah do you think, brewers, do you think rogers
1: is just real quick real quick do you yeah. think rogers is waiting to to talk until like after the, the bucks are done Cause yeah, that well, would just he, that, so, I, that would piss me off so much if you know. Okay, so all what, of would piss, it's like, what would oh, piss? I'm you, back,
0: you know? What would piss you off more? Would it be Rodgers doing that, or coming to Pfizer Forum for either Game Three or Four, announcing he's going to be back with the Packers and making it about him and not the Bucks?
1: Uh. Uh. Well, I mean, God, you know that would that would be. Semi unfortunate, but at the same time, the crowd would be so hype.
0: Oh my god! Um, you know how fucking <laughs> loud that place would be if Rogers just is, has a Miller in his hand with Bakhtiari, with Cedarius Smith, and Aaron Jones. a Few of the guys who are big Bucks fans, and Rogers just goes, "I'm back," and chugs a beer, and the crowd <laughs> would just—I mean, the Pfizer warm wouldn't have a roof. We—it would be off that would be incredible I, I have to play that scenario to murph who would just i think if i say that story to murph he'll save it for jerk off material later like that's how good that story is yeah um he'll probably poo
1: poo it knowing him yeah like, I don't, oh yeah I don't he'll find a way
0: oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Fuck <him. laughs> um but anyways uh yeah, so, well, we got off track, but, you know, the Brewers, man, I, this red so upcoming, they play the Mets right now, um, they're playing, um, they're playing the Mets for the next three games, um, they have DeGrom tomorrow, yeah. as I, as I said to people, it's, I said this on the Daily Tap yesterday, but great sports day today, you have Italy, Spain, you have the Rogers golf match, you have DeGrom against the Brewers, and you have Buck Suns on a Tuesday in, in the summer, like unbelievable yeah. sports day. Um,
1: yeah. That's, that's crazy. I mean, that's, you know, I mean, we had to wait for a while with sports. We suffered through 2020. Yeah. But to have like the NBA kind of dominating the sports cycle um, into July and carrying us kind of through this, this, the dog days of summer, is is huge and then you yeah i mean to get then they, they during covid they discovered that people actually give a shit about these celebrity golf matches and stuff and um which i don't but i mean i'd probably watch this one with rogers and and it'd be it'll be content and it'll be yeah you know you, you might get something out of him uh, that would suck if, if he if he said something on tuesday um but you know i'd be cool with rogers announcing it at the game or something back home but um. Yeah. I mean, God, Euro too. We haven't talked about that, but yeah. That's um. Yeah, I, I had I had some,
0: people, I had to some people say, "Hey, you need to do a little more Euro coverage." Um. But um, they, you know, I'm not a not a soccer expert in any way, shape, or form. I enjoy watching it though. I've had a good time with the Euro um this year, and yeah. fully fully find myself probably watching the Gold Cup, and I'll I always say like after a big year international event, I will. I will tune into like the premier or, or the Bundesliga. And then I just never do because I get so immersed in college football and NFL that it's hard to follow both because they run around the same time. Mm -hmm. But what are you going to do? As for this Brewers team that we've been trying to cover um, we're doing a bad job. It's fine. Um, So yeah, three with the Mets, good little test. We'll see how that goes. They're playing right now. Woodruff against, against a pretty healthy Mets team that's kind of has their whole lineup back besides J.D. Davis. And then you have seven against the Reds in the next two weeks. So it's really kind of unique. They're going to play the Reds with for four at Miller uh, this weekend and then three back at a great American ballpark. Brewers obviously got swept the last time they faced the Reds. It's a big series for the Reds because they could kind of cut into that lead. So is there any way that you look at that and say, maybe not the division's over, but basically the Brewers to take from golf will have to play even par the rest of the way. Is there a number of games won against the Reds in, that, in those seven games where you're like, all right, you just can't have any big losing streaks and you're going to be fine the rest of the way?
1: Well, let's say they go in to Thursday with a seven-game lead over the Reds. Yeah,
0: okay. yeah,
1: argument's sake. I mean, you know, the Brewers, you know, let's say they – Let's say the Reds and the Brewers both lose, you know, their series or whatever, or you know, both yeah, win we'll s- whatever. Seven, seven games,
0: works. seven works.
1: I think if the Brewers, if the Brewers get five in those seven, that puts you at what a, a nine-game lead, mm-hmm. coming out of that stretch, and then you're at what like sixty games left. Yep. And, yeah, I mean, then you just basically, you know, keep it at five hundred the rest of the way, and. Uh, I don't know if you know. Do the Reds scare you more or the Cubs? I mean, the Cubs are have been awful, but there's you know you got these obviously big games coming up with the Reds, and you know they don't they don't their pitching is awful. I mean, they don't they don't necessarily scare me. Um, I think you probably. I mean, you get it up to nine. After that, it's it would be it would be a collapse to not to not win the division at that point wouldn't it yeah absolutely um i mean you, go up, you things... go up you're up
0: you're up nine games basically heading into august yeah if you that's... fuck that up that's that's otherworldly i mean it, it has happened it I, i'm gonna do a retrospect on 2014 because i kind of forgot about that series and season i think we all like to forget about it because it got it yeah. went so bad but why did it go so bad? And I I haven't ever really done like a deep dive into it. So at some point, probably after the bucks are done and I got some time to kill, kind of look into like why, why things went so terribly for that Brewers team. Cause that was heartbreaking. You know, it was three years out of the division. It seemed like the Brewers were kind of on this every three year pace. And then that year was like kind of like a last dance year and they blew everything up after. 2015 they they kind of start you know looking at a rebuild David Stearns comes in at some point in there and it all sort of changes and since then it's been pretty successful so it'll I'll I'll look back and see like if that was just a fraudulent start and the Brewers were never never built to sustain it because I think that's my answer but I yeah I can't see it and I just I look at the teams in the in the division even if say say the Reds win five at five of seven. And then they shorten that to like a five game lead or even a four game lead. And it's like, here comes the reds. Like, well, to your point, Cincinnati pitching staff just isn't there. I mean, yeah. Luis Castillo has kind of turned it around. Finally, Sonny Gray has been in and out of the injured list. Um, They haven't had a healthy, their bullpen's terrible. I don't know who you rely on in that bullpen. Amir Garrett, maybe but they they don't have a ton of great bullpen arms. But even he has, he has like a five ERA. Right, yeah. They have a, they they just...
1: are high fours.
0: Like most teams in the NL Central, they have too many holes. The Cubs have have issues in terms of they just can't put together a full lineup. Uh, The St. Louis Cardinals are, their offense has stunk lately. I mean, look at what they did in course this weekend. They lost three or four they barely scored any runs. It was bad. Yeah.
1: So I'm um, looking at the, uh, I'm looking at the 2014 schedule. I just was, cause I kind of, yeah, I don't remember that really probably for good reason.
0: Yeah. We all blacked but the Brewers out. Woke,
1: woke up, they woke up on August 26th that year uh, at 73 and 58, which is uh, what 15 games above 500 for those scoring at home. They finished the year at 82 and 80. Uh, they had like a 10 game losing streak.
0: Yeah, they got swept by a Cubs team that was awful that year. I remember that right around Labor Day.
1: Correct. They did. They got swept uh, a three game series in the first weekend in September. Then lost three out of four to St. Louis. Split a series with Miami, who was probably dog shit. Um, lost a series to the Reds, or won a series against the Reds. But yeah, I mean, anyway, I mean, I'm just trying to think. That's, I mean, they must they only won like eight games the last you know, six weeks of the season.
0: Yeah, that was, that was an all time, (laughs) all time brewers collapse. Like that's, that's worse than 2007. And so now you're like, oh shit, does it come in sevens? Because this is now 2021, the seven year collapse. But I don't know, Craig council is such a better, a better manager than Ron Reneke. It's not even funny. And you just kind of look at that team and you're like, they had guys, but they kind of didn't, you know, you had an aging Aramis Ramirez. You had uh, a young Carlos Gomez who burst onto the scene. You had no first base support. Yeah. I don't know. I was a, it was an interesting roster. You had Willie Peralta, 17 game winner who's on the mound tonight for your Detroit Tigers. Um, but you had that... some,
1: some guy, some guy named uh, Matt Clark playing first base. Oh, yeah. Um, with, li- with Lyle Overbay?
0: Yeah, Lyle Overbay Lyle Overbay played 121 games for this team. Jesus Christ.
1: Logan. Maybe Shearer. Overbay was the everyday every, every first baseman there.
0: Jeff, ba- Jeff Bankey Remember Jeff Bankey? Caleb Glendale? Uh, oh, oh, Jeff Bianchi? Bianchi, yeah. I fucked that name up. Oh, yeah. Wei Chung Wong. We had to keep him on the roster to make sure he didn't get taken by anybody. And he had a 10-9 ERA because he wasn't ready to pitch in the baseball. And we just had to store him in the bullpen. Yep.
1: And he pitched like once every two weeks.
0: Jim and like Henderson's corpse, corpse was on that roster. He had a little Marco Estrada action. Um, Decent bullpen, though. He had a good bullpen that year. That's well, Brewers always seem to have a decent bullpen. But anyways, that was a lot for Brewer Retrospective. Um, but yeah, I'll do a look back on that team because it's probably worth understanding why why it went so wrong and if this is a seven year curse. But I don't think it is.
1: And was was that the year where Matt Garza got like sent home?
0: Uh, it might have been. I'd have to yeah, look right. back, but that was yeah, that wasn't good either. I don't know. No, that was there.
1: his first. That was that was his first year with the Brewers, so it couldn't have been.
0: No, wasn't that? Yeah, Garza actually was pretty good that year. He was eight, eight and eight. Three six. I mean, the the rotation was good. Besides Jimmy Nelson, I mean, you had you had three guy, three pitchers who had right around a three point five ERA. But it was kind of the Brewers' problem for so long. They had a bunch of number three guys, but none of those guys equal a number one. If you look at their numbers, and they're fine, but they're not like they're not going to blow your mind. And uh, that's that's kind of the story of the Brewers for a long time. But now now is not the case. So we'll hope that they can uh, get it done against the Mets tonight and uh, kind of keep building another winning streak. Some are saying, yeah, it's. They, I mean, they Oh God.
1: I would say they, they've taken care of business. Uh, we talked probably last time about just how easy the schedule is going to be for the Brewers in the next few weeks. And they have taken full advantage. I mean, every, every good team does that, right? Like just, just beat the teams you're supposed to beat um, and, and beat them you know, significantly, you know, sweeping series, win every series for sure. I mean, that's just, that's the sign of a good team. And right. uh, yeah, you know, we, we talked another podcast too, about how they've, they've held their own against the good teams. And that's, that's all you can ask for.
0: Yep. They haven't tripped on their dick, which is great. And you love to see that. And I love that they're going to be waiting for the Brewer or for Bucks fans when, whenever this thing is done. All right, man, that was a long one. Uh, I will see you a lot this week. As we mentioned in the beginning, it is my bachelor party this weekend. Um, no word on whether we're gonna bring a mic to the uh, Airbnb. Um, but we'll see. Probably not suitable. Yeah. Um probably would have to put yeah, that up. Can't, can't wait though. Yeah. Oh, it should yeah. be it should be oh, yeah. uh, it
1: should it's be, gonna a, be a good time, a, a yeah. time.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. It I'm should, very excited. And it's and it's
1: bookended by two finals games, which is crazy to think about.
0: Yeah, and we have a special guest on Thursday as well already lined up, so it's good to go, man. Can't, cannot wait. All right, well, guys, yeah. take care. We're we'll back. Daily tap Wednesday for sure. Daily tap Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I'm gonna try. We got golf early before, and that, who knows what I'll get into Thursday night. So I'm gonna try like hell to give you a Thursday podcast as well, or Friday podcast as well. We will, uh, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we we'll get there. All right. Take care. Have a good one. Uh, We'll see you around. Peace. Bye. See you.